the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the James Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and to overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And I tell you, I am so excited about this topic today. We're going to be talking about something that I have never talked about on any of my shows, whether it's radio, TV, podcast. We're going to talk about the death penalty. We go, the death penalty. Yes, I did say that. I did say the death penalty. We're going to talk about uh, some of the things that uh, lead up to uh, convicting someone uh, of the death penalty once the state uh, commit uh, somebody to die. What are some of the strategies on both sides? Uh-uh. Uh, that that uh, the mitigation strategies uh, and cause even though you you know convicted of death penalty, there's there's still a, a negotiation where you might not die or you might have to wait a while or what etc. So we got an absolutely fantastic guest that's going to explain all of these things to us. And if you want to be part of uh, this conversation, you can do it on the radio KCBQ AM 1170. The answer. Uh, FM 96.1, The Answer, out of San Diego, uh, E360 Television, all the uh, different networks that go with that, YouTube, my YouTube channel, yeah, uh, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Zoom, and a lot more. So join in, become part of the conversation, and I, I tell you, Todd, what are your thoughts so far, my friend? I think it's going to be a great show. Like we talked about before a few minutes ago, I think this is an important uh, topic that we need to enlighten the listeners about here. I think we need to enlighten them, and we also need to have an understanding of what's what's all goes in this process. So, hey, Todd, I want to get this thing started. So what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the purpose of today's show. Uh, the purpose of today's show, just like I said, the title is The Death Penalty and a lot of things that it include. But we got this absolutely fantastic mitigation specialist named Teresa Diamond, and we're going to get a chance to know about her a little bit. We're also going to discuss what is a mitigation specialist and what they do. We're going to discuss the differences between a murder case and a death penalty. And we're going to discuss why should we care about those who commit crime. So, again, if you want to be part of this conversation, one 866 Let me tell you a little bit about my absolutely fantastic guest, Teresa Diamond. She was born and raised in South Bronx, New York City. She attended the public, uh, I mean, she attended the, the famous, I would say, John Jay College of Criminal Justice and graduated with a BS in Criminal Justice, uh, Administration and Planning. She went on to gain employment in every arm of justice system that was available to her academically. Uh, I mean, and, and she's completed her master's, working on her doctorate, uh, just doing a whole lot of things. I've had several, several uh, positions as it relates to, you know, civil investigators, uh, criminal defense investigator, school systems, all that. But we're going to let her tell about all of those things. So I tell you, I'm excited about this. And let's bring on Teresa Diamond. How are you doing? How are you doing, young lady? Hello, Dr. Cooley. How are you? I am excited. As you can tell, I'm excited about about this show. <laughs> I, I mean, because uh, I never knew uh, that there were two or three different sides uh, to a person. You know, I, I always thought that once they were convicted with the death penalty, they either going to get it immediately or they're going to have to wait 10, 15 years. Or, but, you, but according to some of the things that, that uh, you sent us and that we talked about, there's a mitigation strategy that uh, could potentially help 
uh, defend uh, whoever been convicted or, you know, just just negotiation tactics. So can can we just dare off into uh, who is Teresa Diamond? <laughs> well, <laughs> Teresa Diamond is one of eight children that was raised in by my mom, a single mom. She left my father back in 1963 and raised us by herself. And uh, we grew up in the projects in the South Bronx and we went to a public school. And um, I'm a product of her extra dose of compassion. My mother fed the homeless when it wasn't even called the homeless. She shared everything she had with other people in need, like clothing and things like that. She even fed people who had nowhere to go on Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so I watched my mother, although she had eight children, she had the compassion and the heart of a giant. And I, I guess emulating her, I always had a soft spot for people or the weakest link or people who got a bad a, a bad rap or the least of these. I think I had directly from my mom. Wow. You always, okay, growing up, I mean, growing up in the projects like I did, I mean, I'm a prodigy of, of that. Uh, what was your thoughts on, okay, what do I want to do in life? Where where do I want to take this? Did you always want to uh, go in the, the criminal justice industry or thoughts on that? Because you want well, to... Uh, Again, I have to revert back to my mom. I watched her a lot. You know, I watched everything my mom did. And in our neighborhood uh, back in the 60s, uh, probably this is good all, all across the country. In a poor neighborhood, you don't get the best food. So uh, my mother took me to the store with her one day and got a shopping cart and went over to the meat department and started poking the meat. And she filled the cart up. And I was saying to myself, wow, we go she's going to feed a lot of people. Well, she took the cart directly to the manager and told him, you have food coloring and this meat, this meat is not good. And you're not going to feed this to my children and my community. And if you put it back in there for sale, I'm going to shut you down. Long story, she did. The old store was called Food Pageant. And so I think that I got from that just one example of many, that, that there was some serious discriminatory and uh, uh, factors that surrounded our lives. The other thing is before we moved to the projects, we lived in Harlem. And the place where we lived at was a wonderful building. It had a, a store, uh, a storefront uh, attached to the building. We went to school across the street, and just one day they decided to they were going to close the building to make a parking lot. I was they uprooted us, and we had to move to the Bronx. You know, leave our friends, leave our schools, and I said that there's something wrong with this. As a matter of fact, I'll just take a little note and let you know that my first job was with legal aid in the housing unit. <laughs> For that reason, I always had a, I always had a reason for everything I did. Wow. So anyway, that's, I think I got it mostly from my mom and watching and listening to people. When I was a child, I was very quiet more than today, you know, and I observed a lot. And I saw a lot. I saw a lot of crime. Um, in our household, we felt safe. Nobody was coming to Miss Diamond's house. Nobody was going to mess with Miss Diamond's children. But I also saw people who were exposed to other things that they didn't have the safety net that we had. And, and so, you're absolutely right about that. And just growing up, I get the sense of what it's like growing up in poverty and having an understanding that, uh, hey, I got to do right by everybody else. And uh, just like your mom, I, that, that was brave of her doing. Yeah, my mother was brave. She wasn't scared of anything. You know, they um they shot a movie um back in the day. I think it was in the 70s. Um with Paul Newman and it was right down the hill from our house. And it was it really was an exploitation movie and the kids were excited because they were paying them $25 to just, you know, you know how they do it cast, you know, walk about and my mother told us it's Ed Diamond go down there and take any money to be exploited. You can't live here. <laughs> you know, so, so she had a great sense not only protection, but she knew what was going on. They they used to have buses that used to come through our neighborhoods and people in them looking at us like we were specimens. So I knew something was wrong. I just didn't know where I was going to fit in at as I became an adult. And on my high school application, when you're applying for school, I, I, I was a singer and I was in theater, but I didn't want to do that. I wanted to do something in criminal justice. So all five of my choices was the same school. John Jay, John Jay, John Jay, John Jay. So I went to <laughs> you know, I want you to hold that thought because we're going to take a break in a minute. But uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about, um, you know, John Jay just a little bit. And then we're going to talk about what's the mitigation specialty, what's the difference, okay. and, and what, what all of this entails. So I tell you, if you want to be part of this great conversation, 
Yeah, you, it's a couple of ways. You can uh, go to whatever mechanism that you're watching this show on and listening to it and go to the comments and just ask this young lady any question you want to. Or you can call in at 1-866-577-2473. We're going to take a break, but we're going to come back and pick the conversation up with Teresa Thomas. It's your life. I'll see you shortly. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. Hi, I'm Todd Purick, the producer of The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join James as he shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by Dr. James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on iHeart.com and Odyssey.com. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Dr. James Cooley is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Dr. Cooley is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, Dr. James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to the James Cooley Show. It's your life, and I tell you, I'm getting excited. And uh, uh, just uh, uh, chatting with uh, uh, Teresa here, uh, and uh, about her upbringing in uh, the Bronx and her mother. You know, I mean, I I can tell just uh, what information that she sent us that we can really talk about where she uh, locked in her views and how that uh, it's all about helping other people out, regardless of. What situation or circumstances they might be in, you know, what I'm saying? regardless of whether they committed a crime or whatever, we all still need to be loved. We all still need to be cared about, and we all still need to be treated fairly. So, if you want to be part of this great conversation uh, that we're having with Teresa Diamond, again, that's one eight six six five seven seven two four seven three, or just go to the comments and just ask. Any questions that you you want to now, hey Teresa, I want to yeah. pick it up. I want to pick it up because you come out of uh, John Jay uh, College. It's a uh, pretty big time in New York, especially when it relates to criminal justice. So, yes. So, uh, in the last statement, you were saying that you, you had five colleges of your choice, and all of them was John Jay, John Jay, John Jay, John Jay. Yes. So, and, and and you went uh, there and you majored in criminal justice. Uh, yes. So, uh, mitigation specialist. Let's talk just a little bit about uh, why you chose that major, and just go off into let let our, our viewers and our listeners know what a mitigation specialist is and what they do. 
So I'll take the first part that, that you asked me about, which is why did I go into criminal justice? It was because um, my mom, <laughs> sense of justice, and she was a law-abiding citizen, and she didn't believe in operating outside of the law. So that was my go-to place so I can understand how the law worked, understand standards of evidence, understand the criminal justice system. And so I decided to go there. Now, the second part of your question was, what is a mitigation specialist? Well, no one hears about us until we knock on your door. And what I mean about that is that when your loved one is charged with the death penalty, they're assigned a team. The team is required to have at least two attorneys with a certain amount of um, experience. There are standards for them. They must have a mitigation specialist assigned, a fact investigator, and any other persons they they deem necessary. But those are the basic people. So a mitigation person goes into a case and learns about not only the defendant who becomes the client, they learn about their entire family and the last three generations of families. Why did we do that? And how did we do that is a long story. And I can take parts of it if you want me to, or I can just start talking about it. Dr. Cooley. I'll tell you what, this is what we're going to do first, because uh, parts of it, talking about it, but we got a caller on the phone. You know, so, uh, hey, Todd, we got a caller from. Yes, Wallace is on the line one. Hey, let's let's take let's take Wallace. How you how you doing, Wallace? How are you? I'm doing just fine. How you doing, sir? How you doing? Welcome to the James Cooley Show. Thank you. How you, how you doing, Wallace? How are you? How are you? Doing just fine. So you you got a a, a call. I mean, you got a question for uh, our great, great guest here? Yes. Miss um, Diamond, as you became a mitigator and you traveled the highways and byways and places to go and mitigate these cases, do you ever get this feel and sense that the system needs to be changed because these people wouldn't be in the situation they were because of the government system, the way they have them going to jail and being charged for life with murder and things? Do you ever that sense that you feel changes need? Absolutely. That is such a great question. And I tell you why, in a nutshell, I have never had a case where I didn't say, oh, I can see how that happened. Not why it happened, should it happen. So if I can say, oh, I can see how that happened, that means it's preventable. Yes. So the answer is yes, absolutely. I think about it every day. One of the reasons I I chose to do this show is because um, even though we we stay kind of underground and to ourselves, you know, I think that I've come to a point where I want to teach people more about the death penalty. I call it equivalent to the CSI factor. And I can break that down for you. You know, people have gotten so used to seeing shows a law and order shows even though they're unrealistic because they're solved in a in an hour with commercials but at the same time that has risen people's awareness about expectations when they are in a real jury trial i want to do the same thing i want to be able to teach people about the death penalty and all the moving parts of it so that if they're called to do duty that they have the same effect that the CSI, C, C, uh, CSI effect does on people. I want them to understand what's all involved in it. It's, it's massive. So to answer the call, thank you, caller, for calling in. That is a great, great question. Um, I don't think this is just Teresa Diamond talking, and I can talk for me. I don't speak for anybody else. Uh, I'm self-employed. I don't owe anybody anything. I'm not aligned with any organizations. I just feel that uh, morally speaking, the death penalty is immoral. Immoral. No one, if I kill someone, then the state is going to kill me. That's state-sanctioned death. And 
I don't think that's right. And innocent people have been killed. They've been executed. Wow. Did that answer your question, uh, Wallace? Wallace. Okay. That's my sister. I want to say something. Yes. Miss Diamond? Yes. Uh, this is your brother from New York City. Oh, hi. Hi. I just want you to know, as you go out to these places and mitigate these cases, I hope and pray for you every every day, and I'm glad and proud of you doing the job that you do. And I watched you through the years come through John Jay College and make a difference in a lot of people's lives, and you continue doing a good job. God bless you. I love you. Thank you so much. That's a surprise. Thank you so much. It is dangerous. You know, I'm trying to help people. I go to dangerous places, but I always know that I'm covered. God got my back. You can't do this work and be scared. But my brother and any other family members and friends that have prayed for me, I, I feel it. Because I go out strong with my head up. My mother again. She wasn't afraid of anything. One day we had a conversation. I said, Mama, are you scared of anything? She said, no, I think something wrong with me and you. We ain't scared of nothing. <laughs> I just wasn't scared. Yeah. Hey, I, I, thanks so much, uh, uh, Wallace. Hey, uh, Teresa, we got another uh, uh, a question. Joshua Goldsmith. Hi, Teresa. Yes. How have you ever defended or helped someone get off of death row knowing that they are guilty? Well, there's a lot of different ways I can answer that question, honestly. It's not my job to determine whether somebody's guilty or not. It's the prosecutor's job to prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt. And the jury has to decide whether or not they get they're guilty and then whether or not they get the death penalty. So my job is to bring light into the mitigation. If the mitigation is, is overcomes the heinousness or the malice that the, that the, the prosecutor is trying to uh, inform the jury about, then that's for the jury to weigh. My job is to make sure I have a complete and thorough investigation that exposes all parts of the client's life that matter or make a difference or should make a difference. And if the jury listens to that and they decide that they're not going to give, give them the death penalty, they just did that recently with the young man that killed all those kids in Florida. I understood that doesn't mean that I don't feel that these people are victims. But when you give somebody the death penalty, there's so many things that happen afterwards. Number one, these families don't get closure. There are studies that showed, interviewed, and, and got information from people who actually witnessed the execution of someone who killed their loved ones. They're against the death penalty. Now, who, who, could, say, who, who could say something about that? They're against the death penalty. You know why? Because it's a it's a seller's market in a way, in my view. These prosecutors, and we need good prosecutors. They need to prosecute crimes, they, but they need to do it fair and square. They tell people, oh, we're going to, they don't say the words revenge, but it's all surrounding revenge. These people think that they're going to get some closure. You never get closure when your loved one is murdered. And when they go to these executions, it takes 10 to 20 minutes. They come out feeling, what happened? So what's it for? And who's it for? Who's it for? <laughs> that's, that's a good question right there. So yeah. the answer is, did I help someone get off of the death row knowing that they are guilty? It's not my job to determine whether they are guilty or not. And it's not my job to try to get people off. That's a phrase that I really resent by public at large, even though I know that's common language. 
That's the other thing. I'd like to change the language when we're talking about the death penalty. My job is not to ever try to get anybody off of anything. My job is to humanize my client so you can see the whole pie and not just a slither of where they committed or they're uh, accused of committing heinous crimes. Wow. Hold it though, because we got to take a station break, but this is getting it. It's interesting <laughs> already. Uh, and I tell you what, we're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back. We're going to pick it up with Teresa. If you want to be part of this conversation, one 877 2473 or go to the comments and just continue the dialogue. It's your life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley. We'll be back shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. There's much truth in a journey that ain't over yet as all of us journey through life's precious gift of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm Todd Pyrrhic, the producer of The James Cooley Show. It's your life. And in the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join James as he shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must listen for anyone who thinks they're stuck in life or needs to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet, is the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to become an overcomer because a bigger, better, and more impactful life awaits you. Get the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by Dr. James Cooley on Amazon or wherever books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Hi, I'm Todd Purick, the producer of The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join James as he shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of his book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by Dr. James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. North County and AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Dr. James Cooley is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Dr. Cooley is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, Dr. James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. And I tell you, uh, this is a fascinating topic, fascinating discussions. And, of course, we got a fascinating guest here. <laughs> and, uh, and I tell you, hey, Teresa, it's just now heating up. Uh, you know, I, I, I tell you that we get ready. Hey, Todd, remember I said to tell people grab five or six bags of popcorn? You know? <laughs> I mean, hey, Todd, I don't know how many bags you got left, but... Uh, You're right, I'm halfway mine. through mine already, and we still have a lot more show to go. <laughs> we got a lot more show, and uh, she is bringing it, and uh, I just want to let our, our listeners and our viewers know, if you want to be part of this great conversation, come on now. All you do is just go to the comment section, ask uh, Teresa any question you want to, or I'll pick up the phone, and my great producer will put you through, and uh, you can ask her a question, I tell you, so... Let's get back to this. Let's get back, Teresa. Uh, okay, first of all, I'm grabbed up now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, got me stirred up. <laughs> you know, uh, real quickly, I know we're talking about um, mitigation, all these things, but real quickly, can you tell our viewers and our listeners what a mitigation specialist is? Okay, a mitigation specialist. 
is someone who is trained and knows to look for mental illness, to be able to document uh, mental illness, interview people who are mentally ill, to gather information from schools, coaches, where people live. I've, if you take just one case, I'll go to everywhere that person lived. They might wind up in California, but they might've come from Ohio or some other states. And the reason you do that is environmental issues as well. You don't know whether they were exposed to paint in the place they lived, or you, you just don't know anything. So you get every piece of paper any document that has anything to do with your client, including prenatal care, school records, health records, you get every document that exists and then you go and you hit the streets. You look for classmates, teachers, uh, people who worked with, with them, employers, everything, so that you get a full round scope of who this person was before this incident. Because most times, more often than not, it sheds light, light on what happened to them. You don't just wake up one day and just kill a bunch of people. You just don't. And so there's gotta be a backstory. What's sad is when I go back, I can I say to myself, Jesus Christ, I see so many times an intervention could have prevented this from even getting here, but there's nothing we can do. I'm, I'm faced with this situation right now where you have someone who's charged with the death penalty and you start to dig just a little bit. Oftentimes they're shredded and shrouded in secrecy. There are secrets in everybody's family that makes a difference and sheds a light on what that child dealt with, which is why they developed the way they did or the circumstances, there's so much to it. So a mitigation person does all of that. They also try to create the basis for helping the team decide which kind of experts, if any, do you need. So for instance, I'll just give you a small example. If someone was born with auditory um, auditory problems, hearing and being able to uh, um, communicate with people at a very young age, that signifies to me that I really need to dig up those teachers and stuff. So there has to be some kind of IEP, which is an independent educational um, um, review or evaluation done, which sheds more light uh, because the Supreme Court says, okay, if your client has a mental illness, you have to prove that they had it before age 18, which is ridiculous because HIPAA protects our information, but it also lets them to destroy it after 10 years. So if I have a man 57 and I go to his school, they'll say, oh, we don't have his records. We, we destroyed them. So, you know, if if that happens, then I have to manually piece together behavior, people, you know, interview massive numbers of people to see if I can put it together through lay people and then hire an expert to put it all together. So that's what a mitigation person does. Mitigation person too establishes a rapport and a trust with your client. If you can't do that, you're not going to get anywhere. Wow. You know, uh, my, my question to you is, uh, how you go about selecting who you're going to represent or mitigate with? I mean, it's a, it's a lot of, a lot of people well, are doing crazy things. For me, like I don't look for people. People look for me. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fortunate. I don't, I say that humbly, really. Um, I care about my reputation and my reputation is that I do good work. I do thorough work. I can work with a team and I get the job done. So, and I know what I'm doing. So, and I'm very exceptional with clients. I can get serial killers to open up and talk to me and cry and whatever, just because I meet people where they're at. So mitigation people do that every day, all day. 
So your approach to a person, you have to know who they are, understand where they are, and you have to meet them where they are and start from there. And you start to build a report. Sometimes it takes a little longer than it, than others, but you know, I, I had a, cl- a case where uh, the, the families were sh- sharecroppers. And I suspected that there was some real deep secrecy in that family that could explain why their loved one committed these murders. Long story short, I had a meeting with the family, which is non-traditional. We usually meet people individually, but I had a purpose. I wanted to see who was the holder of the information, who was the teller of the information, and who was the impediment to the information. And the only way I could do that is put them all together in a setting and interact, talk to them, and watch them. So one of the sisters told me, when they get ready to leave, I just told them some general information and got their information so I could set up appointments. She told me, my brother right there, he ain't said nothing. He ain't going to tell you nothing. I said, okay. I went to the brother's house about half an hour later. He told me that his father shot them with shotguns. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, oh. so, I mean, how did that happen? Well, it happened... Because I met them where they were at, and that brother surmised, this lady is here to help my brother. So I'm going to tell the truth about some of the bad things that happened to us, because it can help understand what happened to him. Wow. I tell you. The family couldn't believe it, because they don't, you know, they shred it in secrecy. They couldn't believe it, but it made all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference in the world. I tell you, we got a, a, a another question here, and we only got one minute before the sure. break. And the art says, "What are the current solutions for greater awareness?" So, so if you can take that in one minute, uh, you know, and just answer that question for. I wish I knew the answer to that. It uh, it would be good to have a nice little antidote to that. But it's politics, politics, politics. Um. Greater awareness, I think, can just be done with people like me speaking up. I'm toward the end of my career. I have nothing to lose. I've used my whole life devoted to helping people. And so I would like to be able to raise the awareness through media, like I'm doing now in Dr. Cooley's show, or anywhere else, any platform that will entertain and open up and be able to have an even exchange with people who don't understand or even oppose it. I think that this is something that a certain amount of people and certain types of people have benefited from without knowing all that's involved. So my, I, I see by myself uh, a greater awareness by just talking about I talk to people all the time in the supermarket about the death penalty. Anywhere. Wow. I hope yeah. that answers your question. Uh, I, I think that answers, I call him Big Al. I think that answers his question. <laughs> oh, one, one other quick uh, question. What's the difference, and real quickly, what's the okay. difference between a murder case and a death penalty? Okay, from my perspective, a murder case, every murder is eligible for death. In a, in, in a death penalty case, they try to find aggravating factors. Aggravating factors could be a plethora of stuff. But the bottom line is there are a lot of differences between a regular murder case. If you knock on my door, my mother's door, and, and said to recently murdered somebody, my mother ain't going to tell you nothing. But if a, a team came to my mother's house and said, Miss Diamond, your daughter is being um, charged with the death penalty, and our job is to try to help mitigate that, could you tell us something of your background? If my mother was convinced by that, then she might tell him, yeah, Teresa choked a girl named, um, Teresa was bullied in school. She was bullied all through elementary school. Do you start to shape, you know, who Teresa became? So from my perspective, the death penalty doesn't serve anyone any good. It doesn't do victims any good. It completely hurts families. The family of the accused become victims too. Everybody loses. Hold that thought. We're going to take a break. Well, we're going to come back. We're going to pick it up. Just like I said, this is a very interesting conversation. We're going to take a station break. We're going to come back and pick it up. If you want to be part of the conversation, 1-866-577-2473 or go to the comments. Ask this great lady any question you want to. Uh, I, I, I tell you, Todd, it, it's getting, it, it, it's heating up in here. You know, it's the life. I'm Dr. James J.C. Cooley. We'll be back shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. 
The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer San Diego, streaming now on TuneIn.com and Odyssey.com Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Dr. James Cooley is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. Dr. Cooley is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, Dr. James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. And uh, uh, Todd, man, I'm down to my last bag of popcorn, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) I I might need to go (laughs) rebuy. Well, this has been a great show. You might have to do a part two. There's so much information still to go. I know we got to do a part two uh, because we're not going to get halfway through a lot of stuff that I want to talk about. Uh, so uh, I'm just I'm putting it out there right now, Teresa, that we we're gonna do a follow up show on this one, and we're gonna cover a lot of other other things that we won't be able to cover in this one. So, but uh, our, our viewers and our listeners, if you want to be part of the conversation, one eight six six five seven seven two four seven three, or go to the comments and ask Teresa any questions that you want to. Hey, so Teresa, that you was talking about the difference between. Um, uh, a murder and a death penalty. Can you pick it up with that? Because I'm yeah, talking a little bit more about a regular murder. Yeah, case. there's a lot. But what I want the audience to know, and hopefully they can talk to other people about it, the biggest difference is that in a regular murder case, you have the judge, you have the prosecutor, you have the defense and the jury. And the jury listens to all the back and forth and the evidence and, you know, And they review everything and they make a decision, guilty or not guilty. In a death penalty case, you have two trials with the same jury. Biggest distinction is that in a regular murder case, you have the jury, the judge, the prosecutor, and defense. The jury looks over the evidence, evaluates it, and makes a decision, guilty or not guilty, right? In a death penalty case, you have two trials with one jury. The first trial is whether or not the person is guilty or not guilty, just like the murder. But the second trial is when the prosecution uses all of their time to convince the jury that the the way in which they committed the uh, crime was so aggravating that they should get the death penalty. The defense on that second trial will try to shed light on this person's entire life and give them a reason not to give them the death penalty. So the biggest thing is they have two trials, one for guilt and innocence and one for mitigation. And and if the jury decides that the mitigating factors trump 
the aggravation. That's why they did uh, what they did last week. The jury decided that the aggravation in that case in Florida that um, unfortunately killed all those uh, young people, that the mitigation overshadowed the aggravation. So they gave him life without parole. So uh, <laughs> that was interesting and it's still an interesting case now because yeah, uh, it is. I, I was watching that earlier today about the family getting an opportunity uh, to share their thoughts and their feelings with the, uh, with the defendant. With the defendant. I think that's necessary. I mean, look, you know, I'm a human being. I, I told you how much compassion my mother showed us. And I grew up with, I think I have an extra dose of compassion. It's not that I don't care about these families. And it's not necessarily that I, I want the clients to walk out the door with me. You know, in most cases, it's not a matter of whether our clients did it or not. You can't treat everybody the same. You have to have some standards. If someone's brain does not function right and hasn't functioned right, and that's a mitigating factor, why would you treat that person the same with someone who didn't have any mental health problems? It's as simple as that to me. So yes, my clients have c- committed awful, heinous crimes. But you know what? I have talked to some of those victims before there was even a resolution because of my humanity. I've said to them, just because I'm on the other side doesn't mean that I don't care about you or I don't care about your family or your your dead loved ones. I just wanted to make you know that we 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 care about the victim. They don't exactly. like that. They don't like <laughs> his people talking to to prosecution or, or victims. No, no victims. They don't like that. We got another question from uh, Joshua Goldsmith saying. And uh, don't you think that the death penalty does deter some people from committing crime? No. There's been studies done over and over. It seems like they do it every 10 to 20 years. I don't know. There's no evidence whatsoever. None. Zero. Zilch. Nada. Zilch. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't work. It doesn't deter anybody from anything. You got a bunch of people walking around in different states that suffer not just from mental illness, but all kinds of stuff. I've met people, Dr. Cooley, in audiences that I've gone home and cried and said, oh my God, I don't know how this person even put one foot in front of the other in this life when I find out about their lives. I had a client that was raised in a creek in in Mississippi. His clothes and his sister's and brother's clothes were so dingy. Now, is that an excuse to go murder people? No. But you start at the origins of how these people, their environment. You know, if you do not develop empathy by the age seven, you can't get it. So, for instance, what does that mean? Well, if you grow up in a crack house where everybody is just looking for, if you're a child, everybody's just looking for how to get high. People step over each other. Somebody falls. People laugh. They don't help them. You don't see any of that. You don't develop any empathy. What do you think is going to happen to the children? They're going to fall asleep. They're going to grow up not feeling anything. That's how somebody can stab somebody 17 times. You know, we always look at newspapers and say, how could that happen? What kind of animals are they? They're not animals. They're a product of their environment. We need to be spending the money that we spend on death penalty on the other end. Preventive care. I've never had a case. Never. Out of my 27 years, I've never had a case where I couldn't see all kinds of intervals in their lives before this happened where it could have been stopped. Wow. Intervention. <laughs> Intervention. We're down to the last three minutes of the show, but oh. I, I, I got to ask you this question. Yeah. And let's, let's keep it briefly. Okay. How do you manage psychologically uh, with the terrible things that you see, you hear about, and how does you stay on some uh, sane? I mean, yes. uh, <laughs> <I'm crazy. laughs> no, no. Um, in my younger years, I used to play racquetball. And then I got embarrassed because I would win all the tournaments just by serves because that was my anger and aggression, you know, mm-hmm. reacting to the stuff. Because it was a good balance. Then, you know, I used to sing. I used to sing in a choir and we traveled. We did corporate shows. That was a good balance. It gave me a nice, good balance, you know. And um, now that I'm a little older, I don't do any of that. But I meditate and I create a wall. I look at every single, everybody has redeeming quality. My mama taught me that. I can look at a person who's killed, I don't know how many people, it doesn't matter if it's one or it's 50, and I can see something in them that's a redeeming quality, and I'll hold on to that and start from there. Because what they do or what they're accused of doing is between them and God. It's not my job. My job is to get to know them and get them to trust me so I can help them. 
that's my job. Wow. So we're down to the last a minute or so in the show. I just want you just tell our viewers and our listeners uh, two quick takeaways uh, that they should have gotten from this absolutely fantastic uh, interview with you. Well, I hope that they took away that this is the first time they heard about a mitigation person and what they do and how it has to do with the death penalty. I didn't get it get to it because we didn't have enough time, but I really want to talk about being a juror. I've cried so many times when I've seen the jury selection go on and I say, oh my God, that was a good person to have on the jury. But a lot of people say, oh, I can't judge nobody by death, you know, about death. As soon as they hear it's a death penalty case, they start saying all the wrong things, even though I believe in my heart that a lot of people can set aside some of their beliefs and listen to the evidence and make those decisions. And we lose a lot of people uh, on cases where we really need some good, fair-minded people. You don't have to see the world the way I do. Wow. And we need more awareness. We need more awareness. We need more awareness. Hey, Teresa, we're down uh, running out of time. I want to thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want you back real soon. I want you back. (laughs) I want you back. I want to come back and, and pick it up because we didn't get halfway through everything that um, I was planning on talking about. And But this has been so fantastic. So thank you. Let's get you back on in about a month or so if you have time. And, well, uh, yeah, I have some limited time. I'm actually on medical leave right now. Mm-hmm. And I'll be returning on um, back to my regular work around uh, early December. So let's get you back on real soon. You know, so I, I thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you thank for you having so me. Much. And thank you, audience. And, you know, I w- I'd like to thank, uh, you know, my uh, great uh, executive producer, Michelle Cooley, for making this happen. Uh, she yes. does all of this stuff. I'd like to thank my great uh, producer, Todd, at, a back, at the radio station that, that's delivering great uh, content. Most importantly, I'd like to thank... Uh, our listening audience for taking time to listen to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. I tell you, we'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your life. See you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us for the James Cooley Show. It's your life. To learn more about Dr. James Cooley and how you can support the show or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been It's Your Life with Dr. James Cooley, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big in everything you do. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.